Welcome to Soloish, a Washington Post podcast about being unmarried but far from alone. I'm your host, Lisa Bonos, and today we're talking about female friendship. But guys, it's okay, you can keep listening. We'll look at how friendships change and the people in them grow and change. To do that, we have some really wonderful guests today that I'm excited to introduce. First, we'll chat with Anne Friedman and Amina Tussaud, who are besties and hosts of the popular podcast, Call Your Girlfriend. I'll also get one of my long-distance friends on the line, Alana Cadden-Ballin. We went to college together and have been friends for about 15 years. But first, Anne and Amina. Hey. Hello. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having us. This is fun. Now, I've been listening to and loving your podcast for a while now, which you two record in different locations. Anne is based in Los Angeles and Amina lives in San Francisco. But they met in Washington, D.C., and I'm always fascinated by people's origin stories, whether they be friends or uh, romantic partners. And the two of you were recently featured in Rebecca Traister's new book, All the Single Ladies, and I was struck by how romantic the story of your meeting seemed, how quickly the two of you clicked and how deep your friendship seemed to be right from the start. Can you take us back there for a moment to that party where the two of you met? Sure. Well, it was a Gossip Girl. I believe it was the finale. Yes, Amina. Um, yeah, I don't remember. You're right. It was in May, so it had to have been like finale. Right. The prom episode finale of a season of Gossip Girl. And um, we were invited by our mutual friend, uh, Dio Olapade. Shout out to Dio. And um, yeah, and we, I don't know, I think I definitely noticed that Amina looked very cool and wanted to be her friend pretty much instantly. And, um, yeah, I don't know. The rest is kind of history. We like DC is a pretty small place. So we continue to kind of bump into each other like more that week. And then how did the friendship move on from there? Do you remember your first friend date where the two of you hung out on your own? Okay. So the next day we bumped into each other randomly at a thing that we had both been invited to like completely randomly went to see a Beyonce movie with Dio, but I don't consider that our first friend date. Our, like, friend date was when we, like, made a plan to hang out together. And uh, Anne took me as her plus one to this really fun party in Petworth, and she had made, um, she had made deviled eggs, so she, like, showed up with a carrier full of deviled eggs, and I was like, yes, this woman will probably be my friend for a long time. Totally how I woo friends to this day. I make them deviled eggs. (laughs) Awesome. So, you know, there are times where I think about unconditional love, that thing that singles are supposedly looking for in a romantic partner. And maybe unconditional love is more possible in friendship. Are there certain things that the two of you get from your lady friendships that you could never get or have not yet found in a romantic relationship? You know, I don't know. I think that, like, the pressure that you feel in romantic relationships is different from the pressure that you feel with friends. So, you know, definitely not trying to get into this person's pants. That's a good uh, that's a good way to start. But I don't know. I think that there is a kind of unconditional just love and friendship that comes from, like, being friends with women specifically that's hard to replicate in other, um, in other scenarios. There is something about, um, you know, obviously not with all friends, but there's something about, like, a shared experience and um, an ability to understand that, like... I don't know, there's something there's something that can be challenging about friendship, about not having like socially or like culturally recognized 
milestones or words for different types of friendship that I think can be very difficult and painful sometimes, which if our inbox is any evidence, um, like I'm not the only person who's felt that. Outside, there's a lot of freedom and flexibility to like let your friendships take up all the space that you want them to take up in your life and to like, you know, devote yourself to friends in this way that transcends geographic location and romantic relationships and all of these other things that we normally use to um, define ourselves. I think that's a great point about milestones with friends, uh, thinking about some that I have with some of my own friends, but what sort of milestones do the two of you have in your own friendships and those with other people? I love when my friends co-opt like mainstream uh, kind of holidays and turn them to friend holidays so i love getting like valentine's day gifts from my girlfriends like i think that's hilarious or you know like the mother's day basket or whatever so like just that aspect of it always makes me really happy but i don't know i think and like we're good about like going on one trip a year minimum yeah and like just you know like we're good at vacations pretty much we're good at lounging and vacations so that's we have very few traditions but vacation is one of them and like complaining about a certain author in the sunday new york times is another one of them. <laughs> or i also think too that like you know shared pop culture or like when we are together this is the show we watch or like i know we're both paying attention to this like ridiculous celebrity stuff like that is like not individually important but it can it can be like a really great way to like a great avenue to tell your friend like I'm thinking of you like some like really low stakes stuff like that I I kind of love as like tiny daily little like milestones aside from setting up an actual friend date are there other parallels you see between nurturing friendships and the way you might pursue a romantic partner yeah, you know, I think too, I don't know, I'm very direct and when I want to be friends with someone and just say like, hi, I would like to court you in friendship. How do we make this happen? Because I think that otherwise you just, you know, you do the thing that happens when like, it's the same thing that happens when you're dating someone. If you're not clear about what your intentions are, then you keep missing them at parties or you keep not making them a priority or, you know, like it just gets a little weird. So I'm a fan of the direct approach. I'm 33, you two are around the same age, right? And, you know, as you go through your 20s and 30s, your friendships change. That shared experience you might have had when you were going to college together or watching Gossip Girl in your 20s, you know, those friendships change when friends get married. I might naturally cultivate new single friends because I'll need new people to go out to parties with on Saturday nights. But how do you navigate that sort of natural progression of friendships and how they change as the people in them age? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I think that it can be really hard um, in large part because of what I was saying earlier about a lot of times friendships being um, like friendship is a word that describes a lot of different types of roles. Like it can be someone you talk to every day, first thing when you wake up and last thing before you go to sleep, or it can be someone who, you see once every six months. Like we use the word friend to describe a ton of different scenarios. And so in some ways that's great because like your friend has a kid or gets married or moves away or like, you know, makes a big career change and suddenly doesn't have as much time for you or suddenly like something changes and they need a lot more of you in their lives. And it can be hard to have that conversation. Like I don't know if I've ever really been good partially because I think it's hard to recognize in your yourself, like, oh, I'm, I'm in a new phase, I need different things from friends. 
But um, to the greatest extent that you're able to kind of say, okay, things are about to change. Like, it's not because I don't love you, <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, I don't know. I think it's good. But I mean, realistically, I don't know how possible it is. And I think that, like, there's a lot of friendship that is, like, I don't know, being willing to change and giving yourself and your friends space and, like, trying to be understanding about how, like, going through changes yourself personally can affect your friendships. Um, I don't know. It's a tough thing. It's, like, a really tough thing. And, again, this is something, like, a lot of people send us questions about. And so I don't... I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to say the answer is to define friendship more narrowly because it's definitely not. Yeah, that's a great point about being prioritized. I was watching a recent episode of Broad City, so there's this moment where Alana gets really upset that Abby hasn't told her she's sleeping with Trey, which is, is one of Abby's coworkers. And it's an interesting argument they have. It's not that Alana wants to be with Trey, uh, but there is this form of jealousy or secrecy or something that feels transgressive because something big is going on in Abby's life and she's actively keeping it from Alana. There's this notion of like, if we're best friends, I need to know everything important that's going on with you. Have you two ever had a moment of distance in your friendship or something that might've felt like an argument? I don't think you can be friends for more than like six months without having at least some kind of version of that problem I don't know maybe I'm wrong maybe like what it, what do you feel about that I mean I think it's like it's actually like a recurring thing that like most friendships have to deal with I mean I I like I don't disagree but I don't agree hold on let me organize my thoughts around this <laughs> um we're having the disagreement right now I mean here's my feelings about that I think that they have it has everything to do with the temperament of the people in the friendship I um like me, for example, I'm not a huge fighter, but I like clearly have a lot of disagreements with my friends. Um, but, you know, emotional fights like that. Um, I don't know. I think, again, that it goes back to that. Um, um, this thing that we've been talking about all the time, right, is like set, setting expectations. And it's like, where does the disappointment and the betrayal come in? And uh, I think that it's when you have like mismatched expectations or like a behavior like significantly changes, right? It's like if you shared everything and then all of a sudden you don't, then it's like what happened? You know, like what happened in that gap? So I think that it's it's more it's more about that. I don't know. I have friends with whom like I've never had like serious disagreements with and I don't think that that makes the friendship like less valid or that there's something like weirdly nefarious going there. For me it's just about that. It's like here is what I expected, here is what was on the menu and like here is what has changed. Um, I mean, in terms of like us, like, do we have disagreements? Obviously, we're humans. Uh, and how do we deal with them? I don't know, the same way that everybody else, avoidance, and then like, knowing <laughs> it, and then probably like snacks of some sort. So right. I, you know, I think I think that it really goes to the core of like, what it is that you're disagreeing about, like, some things are not a bit, you know, like, some things are not deal breakers for me. Um, like, I remember really early on in our, actually, like, probably the first time I met Anne, I told her how stupid I thought denim skirts were, and on our first friend date, and on our first friend date, she wore one, which is, like, an amazing troll, like, amazing troll. <laughs> and it also shows you have, like, similar senses of humor, right? No, exactly, and I was like, you know what, you look cute in this, I still don't think it's a necessary fashion statement. But, you know, like, I thought that was amazing. <laughs> and I remember that, like, very vividly. 
the other the thing that I was gonna say is is like I, I I wasn't actually thinking of this so much in terms of disagreements, but like the broad city example that you gave of like someone not telling your friend about like someone you're dating or something. Like I think there have been times when I haven't told friends things that I'm like not ready to admit to myself or that I'm like kind of ashamed of. And so like whatever process of like actually being like, okay, I want to come clean and tell you what's really going on in my life has, has also coincided with like me getting real with myself about something. And so, you know, I think when you're close to someone that's, um, like obviously it happens in relationships and other relationships that way too. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like I think that there's like a whole spectrum of things from like personal denial to like interpersonal disagreement that can happen. Totally. I mean, and we talk a lot about this on the podcast, right? About like so many disagreements or like whatever in friendship can be solved by like one talking about it up front and two, just giving the other person a little bit of space to figure out like where it is that they're at. Yeah, totally. <laughs> where it's it's literally not rocket science. It's like, no, like some people like just don't know how to like voice out loud what they're doing. And yeah, it's it's fascinating how those same kind of dynamics that can torpedo your romantic relationships like really manifest themselves in friendship also. All right, let's say that you are sort of growing apart from a friend, you know, I've struggled with how to do the friend breakup in real life. Do you just kind of let it go or do you actually like say this friendship is over? Sometimes you just have to be real with yourself about like what's worth fighting for, right? Like there are some people that you can be like really angry at and say like, is this somebody that you want in your life? Like the best conflict resolution advice I ever got was from a friend's mom who always says, she says, think about like a year from now, what do you want from this person? And two years from now, what do you want from them? And 10 years from now, what do you want from them? And anytime I think like, you know, I would like to see that person in my life, then it's worth like, it's worth fighting for the friendship. And if not, then it's also okay to let it go. Yeah, that's so true, Amina. Um, So before I let you guys go, just because the two of you are such scholars of best friendship, um, who are some of your favorite besties, either in history or... That one's hard. We have so many. (laughs) many. I mean, Oprah and Gail will forever be the, like, perennial, just, like, to me, they're the patron saint of, like, bestie friendships. We will not know until someone else writes our obituaries who was Oprah and who was Gail. (laughs) I know. So we like Oprah and Gail. We're big fans of Hillary and Huma. Anybody who is friends with Serena Williams, I support. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me. Um, This has been a blast. And if listeners want to listen to your podcast, if they aren't already, where can they find you? You can find us many places on the internet (laughs) at callyourgirlfriend.com, on Twitter at callyrgf. You can email us uh callyrgf at gmail.com i'm aminatu so and i'm ann friedman see you on the internet (laughs) bye booze i had so much fun with ann and amina talking about their long distance friendship and friendship in general that i decided i wanted to get one of my own long distance besties on the line so listeners uh, meet Alana Cadden-Ballin, who's one of my closest friends from college. She's also the founder and owner of a consulting firm that works with startups in Silicon Valley. And we met when we were students at UCLA in the early 2000s. Alana, do you remember how we met? It was 
almost exactly 15 years ago. It'll be 15 years this fall. Are you serious? Yeah. That's so long ago. Um, and you, you, although we're the same age, you um, took your off and started college a year after me. Mm-hmm. I heard that you were checking out my, at the time, boyfriend. Um, and uh, so kind of decided in my mind that we were rivals. <laughs> but I think about uh, six or nine months later, it was like quite obvious that you were very cool and interesting. And that was really, really, really silly. Um, and I think that you came over to my apartment and we like had tea and it was like this silly, not, I wouldn't call it like the reconciliation, but it was like the first time that we ever hung out. Huh. Um, I don't know if you remember that. I, I don't, don't know why we didn't go to a bar. Maybe we weren't 21 yet. <laughs> I, I definitely was not 21 because you and all of your friends who were like my age slash a little bit older, you guys were at my 21st birthday. Um, but I remember, you know, I guess like what I thought was interesting about about us and one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is that we met in one of these sort of like situations or ways that women often feel competitive with each other and then like very yeah. clearly realized that like the thing that I mean you weren't competing with me obviously I thought I was competing with you <laughs> I think I, I, I would you know I think that we both realized that like wait that that other woman that other girl she's like super cool I can't miss this opportunity yeah um, okay, well, let me just, I'm just going to tell my side of that whole thing real quick. So before, okay. <laughs> <laughs> before I met you, Alana, I was at, oh gosh, like a frat party uh, at UCLA. And I think this might've been a party I got dumped at. I, th- oh. I think, yeah, you know, there was some guy that I had met in the beginning of freshman year and we made out for two weeks and I had taken a year off in between college. And I remember him distinctly telling me, oh, that time that you had, like, that year off that you had to sort of, like, grow up, like, I kind of need that, and I'm not... Basically, he was telling me, like, you're a lot more mature than I am, and I'm I'm not ready for you yet. Um, which is, you know, a refrain that continues 15 years later. I was going to say, common theme. <laughs> but I remember just hanging out with this random other guy at the party who we were in his room, sorry, nothing was happening, and there were pictures of you, and he was talking about his girlfriend, and, like, obviously you were really cool if this guy who was, you know... 19 or whatever was at a frat party with his friends and was tell- talking to me about his about how awesome his girlfriend was and I was like, "Ah, oh, I'm going to Oh, I <laughs> so I basically was like, I'm going to take her out of the picture." Of course, like I had no idea. I was not actually going to do that, nor did I know how to do that. <laughs> That's okay. You didn't. You never You never did anything. No, of course not because it was silly. Um but I think, yeah, my friends must have somehow told your friends or word had gotten through the grapevine um, that I had my eyes on your college boyfriend. And uh, we eventually became friends. And that's, yeah, exactly. Like, he's no longer <laughs> in the picture. <laughs> like, for a decade. I know. Anyway, but I just love that that part of our origin story. Yeah. Because... Well, and hopefully, I, you know, I, I was trying to think, like, to that... Like, did that inform either of our actions later, you know? I, I'm not sure, but it, it must have left some sort of imprint in us hmm. to think about, like, when we go into other situations where we might want to be competitive with other women, hopefully that we take that approach. We think, well, wait, that person's way too great to compete with. Yeah. 
You were one of my first friends, one of my first close friends to get married and have kids, I think, even though it's not as if you were doing those things at 25, but... Um, I know, right? Like, I felt behind in my own way, which I know is not true, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I was, in this group, I was one of the first ones. I know, even though you're doing those things in your, like, late 20s, early 30s. Crazy. Um, but I remember always thinking... I, I wondered, because you were one of my first friends to go through that, those different things that I hadn't experienced yet, I wondered how our friendship was going to change. And you've always impressed me by being able to kind of blend. You can still okay. connect with me in a way that see, that is not, like, false, you know? Okay. Um, well, you know, I think that's, that's a huge compliment. Um, you know, I, I think, like, when I was single I had a couple of really close friends who always included me and like sometimes I'd go to dinner with them and their husband a woman and her husband or and and that made a big imprint on me that you know instead of just I always thought about that like those people that really made an effort to include me and I Mm -hmm. thought about like what I picked up from them and what they picked up from me and um you know like certainly everybody has a different path um and that's kind of what makes life interesting is like well you're doing this and i'm doing this other thing just like you're in journalism and i'm in tech like Mm -hmm. we learn a lot at least for me like i pick up a lot from you professionally Hmm. in addition to personally but you know thank you like we've been friends for three times the, amount, the length of my marriage, yeah. And you know, after you have a kid, you have to kind of renegotiate a lot of that, and yeah. being able to go back to friendships and ask about how we've renegotiated is helpful. You know, you mm. don't get mad if they don't call you every week, which is helpful. No, because no. that you know you can't do that, and I can't do that, right? Yeah. So we try find other ways to catch up. We spent Valentine's Day together this year. We did. That's right. We did. Yeah. You know, it's like, just find the times that yeah. we can yeah. and ha- are happy that we have those. <laughs> <laughs> Any advice for listeners out there who might find themselves alienated from their friends, their their female friends? If if you have a, a friend who's trying to connect with you about like, oh, I know what you're going through and it's clear that they're not, how do you respond to that? Well, you know, it, it depends on like, I think how good of a friend you are and I think about that all the time right it's like I have dated before I haven't been dating in a long time mm-hmm. um and so I always want to I always am like feel myself walking that line of like I know but then I in some ways I don't know um and I try to say that like hey I I feel like I might know what you're going through like label it and say I feel mm-hmm. like I might know but you know I, I'm sure you're looking at me and thinking you're really far removed from this, easy for you to say. Hmm. So try to verbalize those feelings. Yeah. Um, and I also try and fail often. Part of my, like, just say whatever I'm thinking. Um, I try to ask, like, what's helpful, right? I think because you and I have known each other for a long time, kind of, we kind of know what the other person is going to respond to well. Hmm. Um, and, and it's different, right, for each of the friends in our group. Yeah. When you want somebody to, like, cry and be sad with you might call one person if you want somebody to tell you to like buck up you might call somebody else yeah um, yeah that's true and, and so you know we I think that happens in our group too like you call the person who has what you need yeah um you know and so try to ask for that I think and I've been totally guilty of this but saying things like 
well, you'll understand when you have kids. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> makes me want to say things like, probably can't say on a podcast. One thing I was thinking about while you were talking about sort of getting different things from different friends and sort of going, knowing what you need at that moment and going to that friend, that's a huge skill that, like, takes time to figure out who are those people. But also, that's sort of what... I love so much about having a rich network of friends, even though I feel like, yes, I don't have a partner, but I know exactly, like, which friend or which person in my network to go to when I need help with a certain thing or have a funny joke that I want to share that I know this person will understand. And, like, that's what's so daunting to me a little bit about trying to find this life partner is that you're supposed to find, like, your everything in one person is, like, a little bit yeah. crazy. And I would say... I, I would call BS on that. Yeah. Can I say that? Yeah, you can uh, say BS. Um, <laughs> like, and my one of my aunts said this to me when I was probably too young to appreciate it. She said, you know, when she got married, that her mother said, well, now you have your husband, that's all you need. Oh, my gosh. So not true. Yeah. Um, because things happen in life, and we don't know, but we need a rich network. And my husband is probably the most talented person I've ever met. In so many areas, yeah, but also he's pretty great. Um, there are things that it, are more fun to do with you ladies than to do with him. <laughs> yeah, right. Like he's not. He there is a there. Are, he has a lot of use cases that is awesome, but not everything. And yeah. I think that's definitely you know changing generationally. Is like I would say, don't you know? He's awesome. He he's everything, but yet yeah. not. Yeah, he's not everything. Yeah, he's great, but yeah. not everything. Thank you for joining us, Alana. I look forward to seeing you and Matan and Jake on FaceTime soon. Well, this has been fun. Uh, Once you're done listening, why don't you get on the phone and give your bestie a call? Thanks so much to my guests today, Anne Friedman, Aminatu So, and Alana Cadden-Ballon. And as always, thanks to our producer, Pamela Kirkland. If you have ideas for the Soloish podcast or you want to give a shout out to your best friend, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Lisa Bonos. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.